Saturday, 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 August 13th. Good morning and good day. This is Candidly Laura. I'll be your host today while we talk about maybe possibly the number one topic that people talk about when you are a solo female traveler. (laughs) And that is, if you didn't read the show notes, that is indeed the safety side of solo travel. So I, in my hopes of talking about my experiences as a solo traveler and my sort of point of view of how to keep yourself safe, I want to say first and foremost, safety is a very personal and safety is dramatically different from person to person. Even those that like all grew up in the same place and all have the same travel history, like your experience of how and when you would feel safe doing something is up to you. And the only way for you to sort of figure out how to handle and work within those feelings of how and when you are safe is to try solo traveling. I, I wish that there were a way to um, fix that for there to be like a thermometer that you just press in like your age and your years and where you want to go. And it would say like, yes, you will feel safe or no, you will not feel safe, but that doesn't exist yet. I am on, I don't know how many solo female traveler and female traveler and digital nomad female traveler Facebook groups. And it's very commonly the questions, will I feel safe in this country? Will I feel safe in this city? And no one can answer that question for you. What I can answer for you is here is how I have taken on some safety measures for me to feel safe no matter where I'm going. For me, one of the main things is that I lived in downtown urban areas. Specifically, I was in Milwaukee for a long time, but I've also visited New York and Chicago. And having a city mindset, no matter what place in the world you are, will just leave you in a better place. So there's things that I just do naturally that are now part of my life that I'm going to walk you through that may be helpful for you as you start to think about trying out solo travel. I would say for me, solo travel is incredibly empowering and and fulfilling. So I have been single for several years. And I've been in and out of, you know, situationships and short-term couple month things, but my last long-term relationship ended in 2014. It's 2022. If I hadn't taken on learning how to solo travel, I don't know what I would have done, honestly, because travel is so important to me. And I don't have the friend groups that can always break away from their spouses and go trompsing around BAMP. So For me, it was important to really dig in and figure out how to do it and how to be in a place where I like to do it, both financially and mentally, et cetera. So here's my list of, in no specific order, things that I do to help me feel safer as I'm traveling by myself. If you listened to the last episode, you will know I mostly, as much as I can, travel with my dogs. It just makes me feel better. My oldest dog who I've had for eight years 
is incredibly alert. So he's just like really great to have around. <laughs> um, and, you know, people don't approach you very much when you're walking two docks. Like one is pretty big and shepherdy looking and the other one is feisty and little. So I prefer traveling with dogs. It makes me just feel safer. To that same respect, I really prefer Airbnbs. Airbnbs to me, especially when you can see the neighborhood that it's in, that there are super hosts, the reviews of the place, that you can do a late night check-in without having to deal with a human and walk your dog around the block. That to me just feels way, way better than going to a hotel and deciding if you're going to tell the hotel that you're alone or not walking your dog around, you know, an off the highway place. It's just, it doesn't feel as good. So I much prefer Airbnbs, even if it's just for one night. For me, I, um, if you're on my Instagram, which you should be candidly, Laura is the title, obviously. But for me, I do, I post in my stories quite a lot. And I like showing people where I've been and geotagging things so that, you know, that location also gets to see the people that were there or, you know, so that reels can have the location, blah, blah, blah. But I don't post in real time where I am. So if you're ever seeing in my stories a picture of a beach and then its location, I've left that spot. I just feel safer knowing that it's not something that, you know, I would post and then someone could come on the same trail as me and find me. Is that likely? I don't know, but it feels that's one of those, like, it feels to be, feels like it should be better be safe than sorry. You know what I mean? All right. I also, when I'm traveling, not very many people know my specific location. So even right now, Generally, in everything that I've been writing and, and saying online, I'm saying outside of Toronto or I'm saying Toronto. That's a pretty wide range of places. I don't want to give my specific location because if you do know that I'm staying in an Airbnb and then you could like probably decently figure out where I am. So where I'm specifically located as well as where I'm on like a day to day for hikes and also where I'm staying is important. Speaking of hikes. I do send primarily my sister, thank you, sister, my location if I'm going on a hike that I don't know or is like kind of in a remote-ish area. So if I'm just going to go like walk on a beach downtown, I'm not sending my location. But if I'm 30 miles in a distance and I don't know if I'm going to have cell, excuse me, cell reception, I send the location of my hike the name of it and how long I'm expected to be on that hike to my sister, just so someone has a, an idea of where I am. Um, speaking of people, I am sometimes meeting new friends or potential dates, and those are always taking place in public places. Often there are friends that know more information about that, like where I am and who I'm meeting. Um, in the event that I'm having an adult sleepover, there is always someone who has the person's name, their social media platforms, their address, and then a date 
in a time, I mean, it's never like a long weekend that I'm meeting a stranger for an adult sleepover. But if I were, <laughs> there's always like a time that I say, if I don't check in by 8 a.m. tomorrow, send the police or come knocking on the door. Okay, so the other thing that just I generally do is I avoid parking garages. I just, there's been too many movies and I also find them rather confusing. I actually just parked in one here in Toronto for Lady Gaga because it was going to be a nightmare to park down there if I didn't already have a parking spot. But I couldn't figure out how to get back into the parking lot once this main building that I'd come out of had closed. And then, you know, you're not supposed to go down the ramp because then you can die. So I ended up finding a side door, but then I'm in a stairwell that I don't want to be in by myself. So in general, I just avoid parking garages as much as can be possible. So those are just a few things that I do on a regular basis to make myself feel safe. And I do have to say, the more you do it, the better you feel about it, right? And not to say that I let my guard down, right? Like I'm still wearing a backpack that's close to my body where it's you can't just like grab it and run. So in some ways, yeah, you're like pretending like you're in Rome and there are thieves everywhere, but also you get more confident the more you do stuff by yourself. So your first concert by yourself, your first plane ride by yourself, all of those things just go in the bucket of getting confidence of being a solo traveler. And I think safety comes along with practicing that. If you have questions or things you want to know how I address or what I do, please message me. I'm happy to talk about solo travel and how to stay safe. And hopefully I've encouraged you to try some new things so that you too can go new places. All right. See you tomorrow.